11, verse 1, just to kind of get us kicked off. But you go ahead and go to Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 9. I see y'all ain't afraid of the big bad storm. Say amen. amen. Lord, have mercy. You know when James Fan goes taking that coat off, business is picking up. Amen. <laughs> amen. All right. Go to Matthew 6, 9, and I'm going to start in Luke 11. Uh, tonight, uh, we, have been, we have been talking about uh, winning people to Christ, soul winning, uh, witnessing, that type of thing. What do we do with our disciples? Basically this, disciples making disciples. Say that with me. Disciples making disciples. Say it again. Disciples making disciples. One of the most important things we can teach a disciple. Matter of fact, uh, uh, some of us, we need to learn this ourselves. I, I, I want to do a better job at what we're fixing to talk about tonight uh, and, and get better at this. But one of the best things we can learn as a disciple and then teach a disciple is the ability and the proper way to pray. To pray. Uh, uh, some people's idea of pray is OMG. That's not prayers. Amen. Uh, we pray when we get in trouble. We pray when we get sick. We pray uh, when, when we're desperate. We pray uh, when things go wrong. And uh, I think we need to learn just to pray so that we don't have to, we don't have to, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, how many of y'all ever, how many of y'all in school, how many of y'all ever crammed the night before test? Y'all are lying in the house of God. I know there's more than that right there. Uh, you, 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 you procrastinate, you wait and you wait and you wait, and all of a sudden, oh, my goodness, the test is tomorrow, and you try to do everything you can. Some of us, some of us treat prayer that way. Uh, we get busy, we get caught up in life, we, 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 we are busy doing our thing, and all of a sudden, bam, something happens, a crisis, something comes our way. Now, all of a sudden, we want to get serious with God, and, and we, I think we need to learn to pray till that happens so that they won't have to catch it all up right then. Amen? And so let's talk about prayer, and we're going to talk about it in detail. Some simple things that you may already know, and then some things that you may wonder why we do that, and you'll learn tonight. You'll learn tonight. Why? Oh, that's why we do that, all right? So let's look, and in, in, in you stay there in Matthew. If, do y'all have a Luke 11 one on there? All right, let's, let's, let's do this. I, I'll read it from here, and then we'll jump over to Matthew 6, 9, all right? In, in Luke 11, and basically both of these verses, both of these chapters are dealing with Jesus and his disciples. His disciples have asked him, teach us to pray. He prays, and they watch him pray. And how many of y'all know when Jesus prays, things happen? And so they teach us to do that. Teach us to pray. We want to pray like you pray. And do you know there's only one thing that Jesus taught his disciples? He didn't teach them how to preach. He didn't teach them how to sing. But he did teach them how to pray. And that should teach us the significance of prayer in our own Christian life and our own Christian walk. Amen? Now, look, watch this right here. In, in uh, Luke 11, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples, all right? So here we, have, here we have a disciple saying, teach us to do that. Teach us to pray like you pray. Teach us how to pray like you pray. So now we're in Matthew, same situation. You say, why do you go to different? You, you have two different writers writing about the same instance, and uh, I, I, like, I like the Matthew 6 uh, version of it. Uh, because it, it, it says in, the, in verse number 6 the, the very reason he's doing it and how. Uh, and so we, we learned in Luke why he's answering this question and why he's saying what he's saying as far as the Lord. We call this the Lord's Prayer. In Luke, we learn why he did that. But now let's, let's go into detail with it in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. Are you there? Say amen. After this... Okay, all right, let's try that again. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever, say it with me, forever. 
Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to come. Thank you that the storms passed by safely. And, Lord, we, 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 we made it through another one. God, I pray right now that you'll help us with this. Lord, this is, uh, this is something we all need. This is something I need. Lord, I'd like to get better at this. I need to get better at this. I want to get better at this. And Lord, I, I want to lead your people to do the same thing. We're just going to learn together and, and, and study together uh, so we can get better at this. Lord, we don't want you to be our spare tire. Lord, we want you to be the steering wheel. We, we don't want you to be the, the emergency button. God, we want to be able to fellowship with you and communicate with you and walk with you. And Lord, the way we do that is through prayer. And I pray that your perfect will be done tonight. Help us, encourage us. Lord, you know what we stand in need of, and I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> Charles Spurgeon was, was called the Prince of Preachers. Uh, he, he preached to just, you know, uh, he had a mega church back in the day when mega churches didn't, there just wasn't no mega churches. Uh, he preached to thousands and thousands and thousands, and, 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 and they are still reading his sermons today. They are still reading his books today. They are still reading his lectures today. And he was asked about this great ministry and said, how is it that you're able to do what you do? How is it that you have this great ministry that you have? And this is his reply. He didn't say all the study. He didn't say all the education. He didn't say all the schooling. This is his simple reply to that question. How do you have the ministry you have? He said, my people pray for me. My people pray for me. He knew the power of prayer. He knew the importance of prayer. Dr. R.A. Torrey said this. He said, pray for great things, expect great things, work for great things, but above all else, pray. Pray. Martin Luther said this. As it is the business of tailors to make clothes and cobblers to mend shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. Andrew Murray, I love this one. He says, beware in your prayer above everything of limiting God, not only by unbelief, but by fancying that you know what he can do. And all God's people say it. I don't know about you, how many of y'all, just, let's just be honest, let's just be honest a little bit tonight. I mean, it's, it's just us, uh, uh, the, 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 how many of you need to get better at prayer? Listen, here's, here's the thing, we can, we, can, we can learn the information, we can get the information, but it's going to come down to a want to and a desire, and all God's people say it. So, so let's pray for each other that we'll have that. Let, now, let's, let's look at this first, number one. That's number one. Let's look at the why. Why, why do we need to pray? Why, why do we need to spend time with God in prayer? And by the way, it, it, let's don't make this complicated. Let's don't make this complicated. It's not over-spiritualized thing. It irritates me when people take simple biblical truths and try to sound smart and try to sound educated and confuse everybody with it. Uh, prayer is simple. Prayer is simple. Prayer is you talking to God and God talking to you. That's all it is. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. I have sat in church most of my life, and I have heard people, when they begin to pray, they go King James on you, and they go to thee and thou and doing all that kind of stuff. And, and, I, and I don't, I'm not making fun, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Don't, don't get me wrong with that. Some people do that out of respect. That's their way of respecting God and all of that. But some people do it because they think by doing that that they're going to have a better prayer. One of, the, one of the greatest prayer warriors that I ever knew in my life was down in Florida. And, and this man, when he began to pray, I'd love when Dad would call on him to pray because he wouldn't, he wouldn't, sound, he wouldn't sound Christian. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? When, when most people, they, they pray like they hear everybody else pray, and they, they use the phrases, they use the lingo, and they use the things, and, you know, uh, and, and they try to, I don't know. I, do y'all know what I'm talking about? But this guy didn't. This guy didn't. He said, now, Lord, now, you know, we've had a bad week this week. And, you, and I mean, it's like he's talking to God. I mean, it was, it was just like he, the Lord was sitting right beside him. And do you know what? Do you know what? That's what God's wanting. God doesn't hear people because they sound more spiritual than others. God doesn't, God doesn't expect us to be something we're not. 
We, we don't need to go into preacher mode when we, when we come to God and ask for prayer. We, we can just be honest. We can be real. We can come to God and we can talk to Him because prayer is as simple as you talking to God and God talking to you. Now, let's, let's, let's think about this a minute. Why should we do this? Why is this important? Why is this important? A, if you're writing this down, write this. Because God commands it. Now, we don't need any other reason, we don't need any other reason, but to know God commands it. He said so. How many of y'all ever had a parent, and when you asked him something, he said, because I said so? How many of y'all went ahead and did it because they said so? That's all we need. I mean, I, really, we can shut the book and say, okay, that's all we need to learn tonight. That's enough, because God said so. Look what it says. It says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. When you feel like it, pray. When you don't feel like it, pray. When you need him, pray. When you don't need him, pray. Are y'all with me? He, he, he got upset. He got upset with a, a group of religious men because they were using the, the house of God for wrong reasons. And he said, listen, this house needs to be known as a house of prayer. Now, we're going to sing in this house. And we're going to preach in this house. And we're going to testify in this house. And we're going to worship in this house. But boy, we need to learn to pray in this house. There is power in prayer. If there's great prayer, there'll be great power. Somebody say amen. I loved, I loved the plaque that was on my father's wall when I was growing up. I, I passed it every day of my life. I'd see it there on the wall. And I'd, I'd look at it just to read it. I don't know why I had it memorized. I don't even know why I kept looking at it. But it said, the family that prays together stays together. God wants you to pray. God wants you to spend time in prayer. Now, God commands it. Then B, B, prayer is how we express our need. Prayer is how we express our need. You know, sometimes it's frustrating. <clears throat> sometimes it's frustrating for a parent when, when your child has a need and they don't tell you. And, and, and you see the child in a, in a bad way, and the child is frustrated, and, 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 and then when it, and it, usually it's wait till it's the catastrophe, or it's the, the night before something, and, and, and you find out, well, why didn't you tell me? You know, why didn't you tell me? Well, God's not in a way that he don't know, okay? God's not like us. He knows your need before you ask him. You say, well, then why do we have to ask him? Because he says so. Because he said so. I was, I was, I was doing a little bit of research today, and, and I look back all the way to the, the, the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis. And we find out, y'all know Cain killed Abel. How many of y'all remember that? Killed his brother, killed Abel, and then Seth comes along. And then, then after Seth, we, we find a man by the name of Enos, E-N-O-S. Enos. And, and the, word, the word means man, or it means fragile and weak. And it says this, it says this at the end of uh, Genesis chapter number 4, the last couple of verses of Genesis chapter number 4, and it said, And men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. They begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, why do they call upon the name of the Lord? The name tells us. Because we're weak. Because we're fragile. Because, here's the thing, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so he may exalt us. Why do we need to pray? Because we need him. Jesus said it well, without me, ye are nothing. I pray because I'm weak. I pray because I'm needy. Now listen, now let me think, let's think about this. It's going to get a little tight right here a minute. It's going to get a little tight right here a minute. Listen, when we don't pray, that is the most arrogant thing we can do. Think about that. When we don't pray, that is the most arrogant thing we can do. Why? Because if prayer is expressing my need, when we don't pray, we're telling God, I got it. And we don't got it. And we usually don't realize we don't got it till we don't got it. Until our hands are so tied that we don't. Are y'all with me? Listen, expressing our need, coming to God and say, God, you know, anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm going to run a rabbit. I'm going to get done with this outline tonight. Say amen. Me, me and 
Buchanan out at Fairview. We're, we're trying to stay neck and neck here. And, and anyway, anyway. All right. All right. Why? It's commanded by God. It's how we express our need. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Aren't you glad he cares? Amen. See, we, we need to pray because God commanded it, because how we express our need, but also to find help, to find help. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly upon, uh, to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That's self-explanatory. I don't have to explain that. And I'm, and I'm glad we can find help. I'm glad he is a refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. Amen? I'm glad we can. I'm, I'm glad he's powerful. I'm glad he's mighty. Now, that's the why. That's the why. We, uh, you know, uh, probably none of us needed to, to, to really, uh, we, we, we understand we need to pray. So let's, let's look at the what. Let's look at the what. What is in our prayer? What needs to be in our prayer? The word that we used in Matthew uh, and the reason I wanted to go to that particular chapter, I wanted, to, I wanted to go to Luke because I wanted you to understand why he's saying what he's saying. The whole purpose of Jesus saying the Lord's Prayer, explaining the Lord's Prayer, is, is so that you could understand that they asked him to. They said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. So this is, this is Jesus' answer to them. Now, here's what he says, and this is a phrase you've got to get. He says, in this manner... In this manner, the Lord's Prayer is not a formula. It's not a formula. And I, and I hope you appreciate what I'm fixing to say because I'm not, I, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the, the, the kids that do it. When my, my kids were playing sports, even when I was a kid uh, and played sports, man, we'd run out to the middle of the field or the diamond before we start our baseball game or whatever. I, I've seen the girls do it, and they'll go and they'll quote it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And, and, and that's just, and, and that's cool. And, I'm, and please don't take this as I'm saying that, that they shouldn't do that. Or, but that's not what Jesus was talking about. The, 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 the Lord's Prayer in the way we find it in God's Word, it's not a formula. Okay, repeat this after me or, or say these words. He said, pray in this manner or in this pattern. You see, this is an outline. What Jesus says in these verses is an outline. He says, when you pray, this is what needs to be in it. Does that make sense? This is what needs to be in it. Well, you know I'm going to alliterate it. Say amen. So you can remember it better. So this is, this is how we do this. We take the Lord's Prayer. We break it down into each part. And first, we start with praise. Write that down. A, praise. Our prayer should begin with praise. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Before you ask for one blessed thing, you need to praise him for who he is. It doesn't say praise him for what he done. It doesn't say praise him for what he gave you. It doesn't say praise him for salvation. It doesn't say praise him for any other reason but just who he is. Do you understand if he didn't save you? Do you understand if he didn't provide for you? Do you understand if he didn't provide a home in heaven? If he didn't do a blessed thing, he still deserves our praise. We praise him for who he is. He is God, and there is none other. He is hallowed. Hallowed be his name. Say amen. It's Bible study, but I feel a little preached right there. Amen. You need to know who you're talking to. You need to know who you're talking to. You need to praise him and thank him and glorify him and magnify him because the more you magnify the one you're talking to, the more it belittles the problem that you're bringing to him because the bigger that you make God in your life, the smaller your problem gets. Say amen. Start with praise. Come to God with praise. Come to God with praise. Come to God with worship. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 hadn't, I hadn't been real good with that in my life. Most of the time, I'm saying, help! How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? But you change that up and see what happens. I, there's been times, there's been times I went to God and I started worshiping, and then I forgot what I was going to ask him about. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Amen? Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Start with praise, start with praise, start with praise, start with, listen, when you start with praise, it gives you confidence. You remember, you remember what the Bible says? The Bible says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry. 
right? Careful means anxious. Don't worry, right? Don't worry, be happy. Uh, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with... All right, this crowd over here has got a Bible. <coughs> Y'all got work to do over here. Amen? Prayer and supplication with... With... Let your requests be made known unto God. What happens? Because you start thanking him for what he's already done. You start thanking him for the food in your belly. You start thanking him for the clothes on your back. You start thanking him for the roof over your head. You start thanking him for the shoes on your feet. And you come to God in that spirit, in that manner. I don't know if you got kids that, 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 that they come to you and say, Dad, I love you. And automatically, it's either what do you want or what do you do, right? Let me tell you, our Father, which art in heaven, loves to be bragged on. Do you realize he made you so you can brag on him? Now listen. Here's something you got to get. His presence, his presence cannot be magnified. Because he's everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. When you're in a plane, he's there. The coal miner's underground, he's there. There's nowhere you can go where he's not. He's everywhere all at the same time. So that characteristic of God cannot be magnified. You cannot magnify his power. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He can't get no stronger than he already is. He's got all the power there is to have. He's all-powerful. He can't get any smarter than he already is. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. Right? So he can't, he can't know anymore. There's no, that characteristic of God cannot be magnified. There's only one characteristic of God that can be magnified or be more of, and that's his glory. Do you realize there's only one thing about God he won't share? He'll share his son. He'll share his home. He'll share his provisions. He'll share his love. He'll share his mercy. But there's one thing he won't share. Look it up and see if I'm not telling the truth. He will not share his glory. You were created for the glory of God. You were created to bring glory and honor to him. And what we do, whatsoever we do in word or deed, whether we eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. God loves to be glorified. God loves to be worshipped. God loves to be loved on. God loves to be praised. Boy, when, when people begin to praise Him, you'll find out there's power in praise. So that's why you start your prayer with praise. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then it says this, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now this is God's plan or God's purpose. God's plan or God's purpose. Here's what, here's what we do when we pray. When we pray, notice this. First, you're praising Him. First, you're glorifying Him. First, you're magnifying Him in your prayer. The second thing you're doing is you're submitting to Him. Your will be done. You're submitting to His direction. You're submitting to to his wishes, his will, his purpose, his plan. Now, now watch the wording of that. Look at the wording of that. Uh, uh, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, some people think that, that prayer is getting your will done in heaven. But it's not. It's God getting God's will done on earth. Now, the way that, that is phrased out, that means that God has a plan for you. When you wake up in the morning, let's say this is your morning prayer. Let's say this is your morning prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be. And kingdom means rule, reign, okay? Lord, I want you to rule my mind, my thoughts today. Rule my actions today. I want to live under your reign today. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As on earth, here, as it as it is. Stop there. As it, as it is. In other words, God's got a plan. God's got a will. God's got a purpose for you. God's got your life. God has got your Thursday laid out for you. 
Now, you wake up and you say, Lord, help me to do on earth what you've got planned in heaven. Does this make sense? The steps of a good man are... Once again, this side. <laughs> Got to get... <laughs> tighten up, left. Amen. Tighten up. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Thy will be done. How many of you know, how many of you know what, what admit to this? Uh, there's been days uh, you, you didn't do that. How many know that, that those days are usually when you get in trouble? Thy will be done. Now, that's God's purpose, God's plan. We start out with praise, then we go to God's purpose, God's plan. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So now we go to God's provision. God's provision. Now, now, now remember, remember, Jesus in this chapter, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. What to ask God for. What to, and by the way, we're talking to the Father. There's a purpose behind that. And at the end of the lesson, you, you'll see what I'm talking about. We're going to the Father. Who are we addressing? Our, our Father. Now, that, there's a lot that goes with that. I mean, you can, you, you, there's the connotation that we're family. We're family. You know, we're, we can go to Him as our Father. We are His children. There, there's people, there's people, when I was growing up as a kid, uh, there was people I didn't go up and, and ask the need from because I didn't know them, I didn't belong to them, I wasn't related to them, but I could go to my Father for my needs, amen? So that's what, that's what Jesus is trying to get you, the image of relationship, the image of family. Our Father, we're praying to the Father. Now he's saying, go to Him for your needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Now there's a lot we can take from that. One thing is this. One thing is this, that I think a lot of us need to get, and we quit stressing out so bad, including me, let's take one day at a time. He didn't say, ask this week for your weekly bread. <laughs> Did he? He didn't say, ask this month for your monthly nutrition. He said, give us this. Now think about this. Why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus say that? Did he not tell his disciples to be ready, to be prepared, to be looking, to be, now watch this, to be living every moment as if he could return tonight? Wouldn't that be great? I ain't worrying about that mortgage next Thursday. I could check out tonight. Why should I worry about that doctor's appointment next week? Jesus may come back tonight. I don't even need the doctor. I, I know what y'all are thinking. Y'all are thinking, oh, come on, let's be realistic. Jesus said it, not me. Now, I'm not saying this stuff like I'm an expert at this. I'm just telling you what Jesus intended. How, how much stress could we take out of our life if we live for today? Well, you can't do that. You could, why not? Why not? Why, why can't we do it if Jesus said to do it? I'm sure Jesus wouldn't tell us to do something we couldn't do. Give us this day. What does that mean? If you ate today, we're good. Not only should we take one day at a time, I think it's, it's just teaching us a little bit about contentment, too. Now think about this. Think about this. I, I didn't even think about this till just now. Thank you, Lord, for putting this in my head. You remember, you remember when the, the children of Israel was in the wilderness? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? When they was in the wilderness waiting to get to the promised land, they was going to the promised land, and God gave them manna from heaven. Y'all remember that? Do you know how much manna they, they were supposed to get for the day? A day's worth. How many of y'all know there were some Baptists amongst them? <clears throat> That, that got more than a day. Just in case. Some of y'all ain't going to smile no matter what I do. 
What happened to the bread? They spoiled. You know why? Because God was wanting them to trust him. God was wanting them to lean on him. Not in their ability to gather more than all the rest of them. God's going to take care of us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. What do we pray for? Our provisions. God, meet my needs. Do you know the Bible says God knows our needs before we ever ask? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Do you know if you'll handle God's business, God will handle your business? That's the truth. That's the truth. Okay, we got to hurry. Um, we need to check that clock. They must, it's malfunctioning, that thing. Uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We start our, our, we start our prayer off with, Pray. come on everybody, we start our prayer off with praise. praise. And then we, then we move into this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So we ask and we submit our life, we submit our will to his, his purpose or his plan together. I, one, and I, I'm probably, I know I jumped ahead of this, but something just came back to my mind. I, I, I told y'all before about Brother Sellers, the missionary to Tibet and, and, and Nepal and all that up there. The one whose his, his daughter was killed in a plane crash, Her, his daughter and son-in-law, went over there and started an orphanage and then they were killed in a plane crash so him and his wife went over there and took over the ministry and kept it going he was here and I, I remember right now we was in the lower parking lot we didn't have, none of this was here and I asked him I asked him I said what's your goals I try to sound spiritual you know I'm a young guy I was just here I was in my early 20s and this is a seasoned you know missionary man of God and and I knew he had a lot of wisdom and I, and, I, and I was trying to I don't know. I was trying to sound spiritual, and I wanted to get some counsel, wisdom. And I, I said, what's your goals? And, and, and I'll never forget it. He looked at me and said, I don't have any. That was his exact words, exact words. He said, I don't have any. And he could tell my face, because my poker face don't work. <clears throat> I had that, like, what are you talking about look on my face? And he said, son, I get up every morning, and I ask God what he wants me to do today. And I try my best to do it. Now, he said, don't get me wrong. We plan. You know, we plan our trips. We plan for the future. We, but he said, my goal is to do every single thing Jesus tells me to do today. And, and I pray that I get that accomplished. And in the, in, in the morning, I'm going to ask him to show me the same thing. And I'm like, wow, what if, we could, what if we could retrain our minds to come out of the rat race of this world and be able to do that? Y'all know the topic from Sunday. My phone's blowing up. My Facebook is blowing up. I, I, I'm getting, I, I never dreamed in a million years I'd be getting the responses from a topic and I'm seeing so many people, and, and, and this, is the, this is the crazy thing. Most of the time, suicide is connected with depression. Depression. And the sad thing is, the sad thing is, is Christians have been told for so long that, that Christians don't get depressed. And, and that's just not biblical. I'm fairly sure that Elijah was pretty tight with the Lord. Amen? And so they've, they've been given false information. But, but, but here's the thing that I want you to get. What we're seeing today, especially among the young people, is not suicide from depression, but suicide from a lack of ability to cope. There is such pressure. There is such, such, I'll be honest with you, technology is a problem. Social media and the, and the issues that go along with this. I, 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 I was talking with a principal 
I was talking with a principal this week because I'm trying my best to, to know what to do and what direction to go with this thing. And, uh, and, and, and this principal told me that, that they uh, did a survey with the kids, working on a paper, writing a, writing a, a paper, and, and, and did a survey with the kids that are in, involved in, in extracurricular activities at school and, and from, from zero up to four, four or more activities. And the level of the level of enjoyment, the level of fulfillment, the level of of getting something out of it, you know, from zero to ten, ten I love it, and man, everything's great to zero, I hate it, blah, blah, blah. Y'all with me on that? And the higher she got up in the in the in the 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 levels, the last level, the 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 four or more, the kids that are totally involved and involved in everything, they hated it the worst I thought I thought I was going to hear that was the ones that was enjoying it that was the ones that was connected that was one but those kids hated life hated their high school experience the kids that are doing everything what what preacher what are you saying I'm saying there's a lot of pressure pressure we're putting on them Pressure that culture is putting on them. Pressure that, that, that technology, and they don't know how to cope. Their brain is so full of information. They've been on the super, uh, the, the information superhighway. And they're so crammed they don't know what to do. And they're trying to express it, and they're trying to relieve that, cutting themselves. They're trying to relieve that, taking drugs. They're trying to relieve that pressure because they don't know how to do it, ending up, ultimately sometimes in suicide when jesus said be careful for nothing don't don't be anxious don't be anxious say rich you don't know what i've got going on maybe you need to stop some of the things you got going on maybe we need to back up and slow down and say time out and say today I'm going to live for today. Sometimes I think, and I, I don't want to beat up nobody or get on nobody, but, you know, we, we think our kid, we're getting our kid ready for the NFL when he's five. That's all I'm going to say. Give us this day our daily bread. Then... Then, then let's, what's the next one? Let's go. All right. A, what's the word for A? We see praise. B, C, D, pardon. Pardon. <clears throat> forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, here's this. This is the deal. How many of y'all... How many of y'all appreciate people that bathe daily? <laughs> Especially in the elevator. Say man right there. All right, here's the deal with this. Here's the deal with this. When you come, when you come to Jesus and say, I know I'm a sinner. And the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me and to save me. At that moment, God washes you white as snow and He forgives you of sin. Now, you didn't get that, did you? Sin. S-I-N. The condemnation of sin is taken away. Now watch, now watch. We're clean. But how many of y'all know that through life sometimes we get dirty? Now let me, let me, let me backtrack a minute. How many of y'all remember when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? 
Jesus gets down. <clears throat> he's trying to teach him a principle. And he teaches all kind of stuff in this story, but he's teaching the principle about serving others. They keep, they're still arguing over who's going to be the greatest. And, and, and so he gets down and he washes his disciples' feet. And, and Peter, like he normally does, puts his foot in his mouth. And, uh, and, and, and he, gets to, he gets to Peter, and Peter's trying to sound super spiritual. And he said, oh, no, you're not going to wash my feet. Well, well, Jesus says, well, you have no part with me then. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wash everything. Well, if you're going to be like that, just go from it. Just wash it. And, and then Jesus tries to explain. He said, That's, there's no need for that. He said, you're clean. But washing the feet, here, here's what the deal. When they would walk around the streets of Jerusalem and walk around the streets of Judea, uh, there was dirt. They didn't have pavement. And they wore sandals, and their feet would get dirty. Now, they were clean, but sometimes their feet would get dirty. Now, here's the point. We don't come to God every morning or every evening or when your prayer time is to get saved over again because you're clean. You've been forgiven. You have been, as the Word says, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You're clean, but sometimes our feet get defiled. Sometimes in the heat of traffic, In the heat of uh, evening dinner, <coughs> y'all know, y'all with me? Sometimes we try to come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Now, here's what that's about. Where, what verse do we take that from? Uh, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's not talking to lost people, he's talking to saved people. All right, and, and here's the thing. We don't ask forgiveness for our sins, our issues, daily, daily failures, whatever that might be. We don't do that to stay saved. We're saved. We're saved. Everlasting life. Eternal life. We're saved. All right? We don't, we don't, we don't ask that to be saved or to get saved again or to get re-saved. Ain't no re Ain't no recapping in the house of God. Say amen. We do that to stay in fellowship. Me and let me give you an illustration. Me and Tammy, we're married. I'm hers, she's mine. Right? We're married. We belong to each other. Till death do us part, till Jesus comes. But sometimes, uh, uh we have issues. And 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 we're not we're not in, in fellowship. I don't know why y'all looking at me like that. How many of y'all have issues with fellowship? Mm-hmm. And see, I'll go to say, Tammy, I'm sorry for being that. I'm sorry for saying that. Yesterday, I got aggravated about something yesterday morning. Something about the house. And, and, and I got in the car, was headed to the church. You can ask her, this is God's witness. She's sitting right over there. I'm not telling you no made-up story. Everybody thinks I make this stuff up. God knows it really happened. <laughs> <coughs> I got between our house and almost to West Point High School. And the Holy Spirit says, well, now. Now, you going to come up to that church building and try to talk to me after how you just talked to her? What I do, Tammy? You know what I did. Don't you act like that. You rebellious thing. I called her. I said, look, I shouldn't have talked to you that way. I shouldn't have been aggravated about that. I'm sorry. Now, now nothing, nothing I said caused us to not be married. We were still married. She was still my wife. But we wasn't in... So I said, forgive me. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Pardon. Come to God. Every Christian needs to learn to keep a short account. Amen? So we can 
fellowship. Now remember, if you go study, I don't have time to do it, but I encourage you to go look at the rest of, of chapter 1, verse, you know, chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 1. It talks, it's all talking about fellowship. If we say that we walk with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Why? God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Y'all with me? The whole point is fellowship. And we need a clear conscience. We need a clear record. We need a short account. We need to come to God and say, God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my failures. Forgive me of the things I've done that would hinder my fellowship with you because I want to walk with you. I don't know about you, but you need to understand you need him in every area of life. So Jesus says, listen, you need to include in your prayer pardon. Pardon, all right? Now, look at the next one. And by the way, by the way, it says, forgive us our debts as. Don't go asking him for a pardon if you're not willing to. Boy, I wish I had time. I mean, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. We'll hurry through the rest of it. <coughs> Look, do you know there was a story of a man who, who, who had a small debt? Or excuse me, excuse me, a great debt. A great debt, a, a debt that was impossible to pay. It was completely been embezzling money, and, and, and it was completely impossible to pay. And he begged the king, oh, please, 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 I can't. And, and instead of, you know, there was a debtor's prison. I mean, we don't have that in America, but there was a debtor's prison. And, and he said, I tell you what, I'm going to just pardon it. I'm just going to forgive you. I'm going to pardon it. That same man went out and went and found somebody that owed him a small debt and, and grabbed him by the throat and said, pay what you owe me. And he said, oh, I can't pay you. I don't have it to pay. Just have mercy on me. And he put him in debtor's prison. Well, how many of y'all know the king's going to find out? And he took him and said, how could you do this? I forgave you of a, a debt you could not, impossible debt to pay, and you turn around and, and, and do this to this? How could you not do after what I did? And the Bible says he turned him over to the tormentors. Now, I've heard and I have read that those tormentors, in that day, when you owed a debt, as soon as you come out of your house in the morning, the people would pay people to hound you. This man owes a debt. This man owes a debt. Everywhere he'd go, he owes a debt. He owes a debt. A tormentor. Kind of like the ones that call you all the time. <laughs> Modern day bill collectors, amen? Can you imagine how bad that is? Now, now what was the principle right there? It's unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness. Now, think about this. You know what the tormentors are today? Bitterness. Because when you fail to forgive somebody that's hurt you, the root of bitterness springs up. And I don't know if you understand this or not, but it'll torture you. It's been said this, this is real good, that bitterness is like drinking poison hoping the other person dies. If you're going to ask God for pardon, you've got to be willing to pardon. Amen? So we ask God for pardon. Hurry, hurry, hurry. All right? A? B? C? D? E? Protection. Protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, 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 now let me read verse 13. And. Okay. And. And. Lead. Stop. And. Lead. Now. Here's the key to this. Here's the key to this. If he's going to, then we got to. Don't get up in the morning and say, lead me not into temptation if you're not going to follow. Now, what's the point with that? What's the point with that? Does the Bible not say that we will not have to deal with any temptation we can't handle? Right? God will not allow us to be tempted with something we can't handle. But then he goes on to say this. He will offer a way of escape. But we got to be willing to follow. Amen? So we ask God, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Lead us not into temptation. If temptation is this way, lead me this way. And all God's people say it. Listen, we're going to start it with 
So guess what we're going to end it with? Praise. Praise. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We start with praise and we end with praise. All right? Now, hurry, 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 hurry. Number three. Number three. That is what we include in our prayer. Now, let's look at the how. How do we pray? How do we pray? A, we pray with faith. We pray with faith. It says in James 1, 6, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Uh, how many of y'all... How many of y'all uh, know that you can't just work that up? How many of y'all have been like your preacher? I'm going to put myself here. How many of y'all been like your preacher, and you asked for God, and you was hoping real hard? How many of y'all know that hoping real hard is not faith? Amen. So how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we ask in faith? Nothing wavering, not being double-minded. How do we go to God and ask in faith? Well, we'll get to that in the third one. Look here. We ask with faith. Then B. Then B. It says in James 4, 2, and 3, Ye lust and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Okay, so all I got to do is ask? That's all I got to do is ask. Well, what's it say? Verse 3, you ask and, and you still don't get it. Why? Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. So write this down. How do we pray? With respect and proper motivation. Respect and proper motivation. Why are you? Here's the thing. Before you ask, you need to ask why you're asking for what you're asking for. And one thing, can God trust you with what you're asking for? When, when my daughters were 10 years old, and they come up to me and say, Can I have the keys to the car? No. You say, why would you say that? I can't trust them with it. I wonder how many of us have gone to God and say, Can I have? And God said, No. Because he can't trust us with it. Listen, what is our motivation? And we'll talk about that more in just a second. All right, with faith, with respect and proper motivation. And see, this is the kicker, guys. This is the deal. According to his will. Praying according to his will. <clears throat> First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And this is the confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. He heareth us. And if we know that he heareth, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Preacher, how do I get my prayers answered? Ask according to his will. Ask according to his will. Uh, you say, how do we do that? Well, then we go, we go to this. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Are y'all with me? Prove means to test, means to know, to understand, to decipher, to come from God. You preacher, how do I know His will? How will I know His will? You've got to be surrendered. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living some of us want to know God's will, but you're not going to do it, and he knows you're not going to do it. You're not surrendered to it, so he ain't going to tell you. Full surrender. Coming to God. Coming to God. Now, here's, here's, here's two things we're going to talk about. Coming to God with a blank check. Here's my life, God. Here's my life. God's not up in heaven wanting to confuse everybody. I know it seems like that sometimes. I know it seems like we come to God and, and, and it's, nope, guess again. Nope, nope, nope. Ah, I'm not telling. No, that's not the way God is. 
If we come to God with a sincere heart, if we come to God with a surrendered spirit, I promise you, He wants you to know His will more than you want to know it. Paul told, Paul told the Christians he was dealing with, he said, listen, the first thing, when I heard your faith, when I heard about your salvation, I have not ceased to pray that you be filled with the knowledge of His will. How do we do that? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy Amen? Now listen, we come to God. We come to God and we pray according to his will. We pray in faith. We pray with the proper motivation. And D, write this down, and then we'll get, we'll get to the cool part. Faithfully. We pray faithfully. Not hitting a miss. Not every now and then. Not just when we're in a crisis. Faithfully. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Pray without. Pray without. Pray without. Now let's look at the who. Two minutes. Let's, let's finish it right here. What are, we, what are we giving to God? A blank check. Here it is, Lord. Here it is, Lord. We come to him. God, here's my life. Now watch this. John 14, 13 says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my, in my, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I, no, 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 let me stop there. All my life, all my life, ever since I was a little bitty kid, you know, I've heard a, a bazillion amount of people pray. And when they pray, they always pray, you know, pray for their needs, they pray for what they ask for. And all the time, every time, or most every time, uh, uh, they, they would end the prayer, they would end the prayer with, in, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, growing up, I didn't get that. I didn't really understand. Why did he do that? It just, I heard it so many times. I just, you know, you, I mean, I know sometimes you repeat stuff because you've heard it so many times. You, it just goes with it. That's just part of it. You know, for whatever reason, you, you say what you say. You ask what you ask for. You, you, you know, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Why does he say to ask in my name? All right. What is, what is, all right, here's a check. Here's the check. There's a line, there's a line right here on the right-hand side. What goes in that line? I can't hear you. Your signature. The signature of who? The name that's backing up the check. The endorser. What Jesus is saying here is, all right, let me go back, let me go back. He says, pray in this manner, our, so we're talking to the Father, we're, we're asking for pardon, we're asking for provision, we come to Him in praise, we're talking to the Father, and at the end, we say, in. In other words, in other words, He says, don't go to my Without going in my, my father is not going to do something for you because of what you've done. Because of your merit. Because of what you deserve. When we say in Jesus' name, we're saying, Father, I have a need. I need you to provide. And I'm coming to you not on my merit. Not on my goodness, not on my righteousness, not because I deserve it, but I'm coming to you in the name of your precious Son. I'm coming to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. I'm coming to you on, on uh, listen, I'm begging you, I'm beseeching you, I'm pleading on the behalf of Jesus Christ. Will you answer my prayer in the name of Jesus? Jesus is putting his signature on the check. Say amen. And uh, let me say this, let me say this real quickly. Ooh. Uh, watch this. Three things. No, no, really, seriously. Real, three things real quick. I'll just read it and we'll pray and run and get your children. <clears throat> when, we say, when we say in Jesus' name, this is, this is the deal. This is, get this, keep this in your mind. The believer's prayer 
this is, this is what we're believing, this is what we're saying and communicating when we say in Jesus' name. The believer's prayer should be for his purpose and kingdom and not selfish reasons. When we say in Jesus' name, that should make us stop and think, what are you asking for? Would Jesus be pleased with what you're asking for? Would Jesus be glorified for what you're asking for? Is this for his kingdom and his glory? Are y'all with me? All right? Then number two, the believer's prayer should be on the basis of his merits and not our personal merit or worthiness. We already said that. Number three, the believer's prayer should be in pursuit of his glory. His glory. So, preacher, does that mean I can't ever ask anything for myself? Just keep this in mind. We had this in, in devotion this morning. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of your heart. I believe God wants us to bring our desires to him. But boy, they need to line up with his will for our life. And all God's people say it. Let's pray. Let's learn to pray. Let's learn to pray. Let's learn to seek him on a daily basis. Even if it's for five minutes. Let's start with that. Five minutes every day. Come to him in prayer. Seek his face. And all God's people say it. Lord Jesus, help us.